1: You are Locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you find podcasts you will find locked on Packers the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened they want to know why and how Uh, the questions about the quarterback position have persisted over the weekend and I wanted to address them in a in a particular kind of way but first I wanna I wanna take something head on. I got this this note on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline from Matt in California. If you want to send a text or a call to the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 is the number. He said, with all the talk about our backup quarterback competition, can we bring up Taysom Hill? And how we let him go for nothing. On the surface, he looks better than Kaiser and Hunley. Everyone is better than Hunley. Hill is playing NFL snaps, contributes on special teams, and had two touchdowns last year. We had multiple discussions on this show last year about Taysom Hill. And I insisted that I thought it was actually ridiculous for Drew Brees to be using Taysom Hill the way that he was. Taking the ball out of the hands of Drew Brees to run gadget plays just seems silly to me. Uh, at least in terms of like having him throw the ball. I, I It's just, I don't get it. I don't really get it. Uh, But more to the point, Taysom Hill is a useful NFL player for those situations. I have also been someone who has advocated for the use of trick plays over the course of of my life and my professional career. One or two times a game is great. The fact that they were trotting Taysom Hill out there 6, 10, 15 times a game, I thought was pretty ridiculous. And when he throws interceptions in big moments, you're just going, what the hell are they doing? I don't care about the touchdowns. I don't care about them. I don't care about him contributing on spe- special teams. I mean, special teams is going to be something that we're going to worry about with a backup quarterback. This is really what we're going to do here. I. Uh, it's silly. Taysom Hill, the Packers, thought they could sneak onto the practice squad. Brett Hundley was invested in the offense. They thought he was much better than he was. Mike McCarthy believed in him wrongly. Taysom Hill is still not a good quarterback. It's just, he's not. He put up really good numbers in this latest preseason game, but you know what? Teddy Bridgewater, who a lot of people think should be a starter in the NFL against actual NFL players in preseason, was 5 of 12 for 40 yards and a pick with a fumble. A 16 rating. The idea that we should be worrying or that anyone should be worrying about which backup which bad player is going to be on the roster? It just boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. Why are we discussing the marginal utility of bad players? Really? I mean, is it, is it so awful to imagine starting Deshaun Kaiser that the good options are Mike Glennon or Brock Osweiler? I mean, why are we parsing the difference between bad players? I don't want to do it anymore. I know Josh McCown got signed by the Eagles. Josh McCown could actually have to start games for the Eagles. And they're a legitimate Super Bowl team. We don't know that he would have come out of retirement for the Packers uh, to, to what is essentially compete for the backup job. We don't know that, so let's just keep that where it is. But more to my point in all of this and the way that I want to reframe this conversation the best backup quarterback is not a player. The best way to set your team up to succeed in the NFL without your starting quarterback, without your preferred starter, because, you know, unless you're someone like the Titans, you know, Ryan Tannehill is a starting quarterback. Not not a great one, an okay one. Green Bay could have brought in Ryan Tannehill. No, they would have had to pay Ryan Tannehill. You're already paying Aaron Rodgers. You're already investing major money in Aaron Rodgers. The better way to function with your team, I'm I'm more than happy with a team like the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, saying draft and develop with quarterbacks. Have young guys that you're. De- this is what the Patriots have been doing. Since Tom Brady became Tom Brady. And and Brian Hoyer became Brian Hoyer because they drafted him and developed him. And now they've brought him back. Much like the Packers did with Matt Flynn. Who they drafted and developed. And he became a useful NFL player. Not every quarterback that you draft and develop can be a useful NFL player. Joe Callahan, nope. Graham Harrell, nope. Plenty of other examples. Taysom Hill, for whatever you want to say about Taysom Hill, he's still a third string quarterback in the NFL. So, is he a useful NFL player? He kind of is because he contributes on special teams and Sean Payton wants to use him in Wildcat for some reason. But the best way to prop up your team is to build a good team around that quarterback, to be a well coached team, to have a good defense to have good skill position players. It's not oh, well, you have to have someone to come in because if if Rodgers gets hurt, the season's over. Yeah, by the way, if Rodgers gets hurt long term, the season is over. It's over. So, what what are we worrying about this stuff for? I don't understand it. I really don't. And and I would say I I would I tr- would try to understand it, but I I won't try. Because I, I think it's ridiculous. You want to have a good situation for if your starting quarterback goes down. Here's what you do: you build a good offensive line. Check. You have a good running game with with quality running backs and a deep running back room. Check. You have a legitimate top flight number one receiver who, if you have to play a backup, you can who, he can adjust to bad throws. Check. And you have a coach who can adjust your offense. And, and be schematically malleable and call good plays and, and sequence plays effectively and stack them and do all of those things, that's what you need. That's what you need to be Nick Mullins. That's what you need to be Jacoby Brissett, to be Jimmy Garoppolo, to be Nick Foles, to be these guys who have come in 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 certain situations and been successful as backups. By the way, Jacoby Brissett, someone that was drafted and developed. Jimmy Garoppolo, drafted and developed. Nick Mullins, drafted and developed. Not veteran guys. You're not. This is not. Oh, go sign Mike Glennon. Go sign Tyrod Taylor. Go sign RG three. No. And the Packers have a really good offensive line. They have those skill position players, and they finally built a defense. I want to, I want to go back to 2017 for a second. I know, I know that this is hard uh, because that was tough for a lot of Packer fans. Think about the games they won. They beat the Bears on the road. Awesome game. Brett Hundley didn't play great, but the defense mostly kept the Bears in check. They beat the Bears. They beat the Browns in Cleveland. And they beat the Buccaneers at home. Okay, the defense played well or made plays to win the game in all of those situations. They lost to the Lions twice, getting absolutely sliced and diced by Matthew Stafford. I mean, it's not a lock Aaron Rodgers would have won those games, given the way the defense played. They lost a shootout in Pittsburgh. Brett Hundley played great in that game. Devontae Adams, that was, you know, he that was when I was like, okay, Devontae is it. He's got it, because even with Brett Hundley, they destroyed Pittsburgh and their defense, and it just wasn't enough because Green Bay couldn't get stops when they needed it. You lose at, at against Baltimore against a really good defense. Brett Hundley turtled; he played very poorly. But is is Mike Glennon going to do much better? Is even you know someone like Brian Hoyer, Chase Daniel, how much better would they have played? And the Packers' defense didn't play particularly well in that game either. Now, the Packers did play well against Minnesota at home, but that's an that was an all-time great defense, a historically great defense in Minnesota that shut them out. and And they weren't playing real hard either on the other side of the ball. And the defense gave up a double-digit lead to New Orleans. If you don't have a good defense, and if you don't have other complementary pieces and other schematic advantages, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. I think Packer fans are stuck on this idea like they like they were with Mike McCarthy, where the quarterback has to drive everything. And when you have a starting quarterback, that is partially true. In fact, it's mostly true. It's it's more true for Mike McCarthy than it is for other coaches who do things to help their quarterbacks out, like scheme wide open guys and and give them gimme throws for for easy yardage. But when you're talking about a backup, you want your backup to come in. And not lose a game for you. Now, I don't, I don't know that we have evidence that Deshaun Kaiser and or Tim Boyle can do that. Uh, but, and that's a, almost a separate issue to me. But a replacement level quarterback, if you think Brett Hundley was that, won three games with a worse team. And so, if you think Deshaun Kaiser is just as good as Brett Hundley, or could, or could play to that ability in a let's say a four game stretch a five game stretch how many games is he going to win versus another backup quarterback is it a third of a game difference a half a game different because even even a great quarterback I mean they've they've run the numbers on this the wins above replacement even of great quarterbacks is only like four or five games and it's really it's only like three for most quarterbacks even even good ones so you know in a short in a short game stretch and you want Derek Anderson running your team? Yeah, you might win a game with Derek Anderson. You know why uh, Carolina wins games when they, when they play Derek Anderson? Luke Keekley. You know what I mean? Like, if you have good ancillary pieces, you can win games with suboptimal quarterback play. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars went to the AFC Championship game not because Blake Bortles was great or even average. But because that defense was historically good. They were incredible. And he just didn't have to lose it. Case Keenum, same deal. We've seen Case Keenum outside of Minnesota. He's not very good. But he was great that year. And he was great that year in part because he had a great defense. And he just he got a little hot. And you got to play with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. And, and they gelled. And the defense was rolling and, and they won games that way. There were plenty of games they lost because they couldn't score points. And there are plenty of games they won because the defense won the game. It's not like they were winning games 37-34. I think we have to reorient this discussion. The question shouldn't be which bad player is playing behind a player you hope plays all 16 games. The question is have you built an infrastructure... Have you built a team and, and a coaching staff and a culture and a philosophy and a roster of talent that could withstand having to play not Aaron Rodgers? That is the question that you should be asking, not which of a group of bad players is playing in that situation. The worst Those other pieces are. The worse the context is for that quarterback, the better the quarterback has to be. The better you make that context, the less you have to worry about it. And believe me when I tell you, you shouldn't worry about it. You should worry about important things, like whether or not you're performing up to your ability in the bedroom. Make the context right for you. Give yourself every advantage that you can to perform up to the best of your abilities. That's where BlueChew.com comes in. That's blue like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Right now, we've got a special deal for our... Listeners, visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKED ON. Just pay $5 shipping. This isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants a little extra function in the bedroom. So go to bluechew.com, blue like the color blue, and use promo code LOCKED ON to try it free. Hey, listen up, FanDuel
2: Fantasy Players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: There are some, some health things that we do have to get to. The Aaron Rodgers thing is not something I don't. I think anyone should worry about. Um, back stiffness is, is not something that you ever want to hear your quarterback having. Uh, but as someone who is in their 30s, uh, it happens. Okay? And if you're an athlete, it's going to happen. And you're traveling. You know, he probably got off the plane. Planes are weird. They can affect your body in weird ways. And you get off the plane and you go oh crap, my back is tight and I'm dealing with an issue. And yeah, he he didn't practice over the weekend, but Matt LaFleur said if it had been a game, he would have practiced. So no harm, no foul. It doesn't seem. So I don't think we should worry about that part of it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is, even if he doesn't play in the preseason, he's going to be there week one. So, and frankly, I don't know that, that anyone should want him to play in the preseason. So I'm not worried about it. I don't think you should be worried about it either. Again, I, I, I just said that, but uh, it's true. Uh, but Josh Jackson is back at practice, uh, working in the, in team drills for the first time uh, in training camp. So we'll see if he's able to go this week against Oakland. We'll see if the Raiders have Antonio Brown by then. Uh, but I think Jackson is someone who needs to get it in gear. Tony Brown is clearly ahead of him on the depth chart. I think Kadar Holman is is probably pushing him in in some capacity to play. The difference is going to be, you know, where is Kevin King? Can Kevin King come back and give them something by the time that that all of this stuff needs to shake out? I don't know. Because if it's just, you know, Tony Brown, J.R. Alexander, and Shaman Williams, then, then where do you go from there? Is Josh Jackson cornerback four or is it Kadar Holman? Does he have to leapfrog any of those guys? Uh, you know, Tony Brown is, is playing well enough that I don't think it's necessary for Josh Jackson to come in and, and suddenly have to be, you know, a, a star. You'd like to see him progress and you hope that he's putting in the work and you you hope that he's doing the studying that he needs to be doing. You hope that he's staying engaged, that he gets the calls, that that he's up to speed. It's going to take some time to get him back in the flow. Jamal Williams is also back and this is good timing because Dexter Williams, it's been a struggle for him. And as as high as I was on him coming out and as high as I was on him as a fit uh, in this offense, he's really been up and down. He's been a very high-variance player, and you see the the burst, and you see it in bursts. There will be a great play followed by a bad play. And and as I have said many times before, uh, I should put it on a T-shirt, most rookies are bad. Most rookies are bad. And even if they're even if they're eventually good, they're bad as rookies. I, I still think there's plenty of time with Dexter Williams. Uh, I was expecting him to to make a little bit more of an impact early just because I thought the fit was so ideal uh and, and gave them you know such a different kind of look than they have with these other backs. If Trey Carson has to be on this roster opening day it it, it really I think, it hurts the team overall, the team talent levels, because he's just not very good, and he's just uh, he's probably reliable, and that's wh- where they see him right now. He's clearly running back three ahead of Dexter Williams right now. They they were giving Dexter Williams every opportunity to go win that job, and though he did some good things in game one and game two, he was a mess. Drops, uh, missed assignments, the fumble it's just it has to be better and and maybe he's hitting a little bit of a training camp wall because there there were some good early signs you know the first week week and a half two weeks of camp he looked really good and and was showing the kind of athleticism and and burst that you wanted in this offense and maybe right now there's just a lot on his plate and a lot on his mind and and he's trying to process it and he's thinking too much You know, if if you're all you're going to do in the passing game is catch screens, you got to catch them. But it got to the point where you know he he dropped the ball in practice on Sunday, and Matt Lafleur like threw him off the field. He was so frustrated with him, and and the whole offense struggled without Aaron Rodgers. Um, That's part of the reason why we had to have this discussion because I'm sure a lot of fans were they were reading the tweets and they were reading the commentary, and they get upset and they get frustrated. And I get that. It's totally understandable. Uh I don't I don't begrudge anyone feeling frustrated with it. Uh especially the backup quarterback stuff. I don't I don't begrudge anyone feeling frustrated with it. But understand that this is all part of the process here for these running backs. Um they he has to learn. And Aaron Jones is going to be the lead back. Jamal Williams is going to get carries behind him. And you hope that by, you know, week four, week five, week six, Dexter Williams gets a chance to, to show a little bit of something because he's earned that time. You want him to have earned it. You want him to have proven it. And he just hasn't proven that he can be trusted yet, that he can be reliable. What you don't want is for a guy who's had issues before uh, with maturity and with attitude and with you know keeping keeping his life in order, that you hope that these struggles do not exacerbate some of those underlying issues, that he doesn't act out. That he doesn't lose focus. Uh, You just you hope that that you can you can keep him on the straight and narrow and and on the path toward progress because the talent is there, the athleticism is there, the fit is there. All the things you want are there, except the consistency, and that's the step that he has to be willing to take. And he has to. uh, I'm sure he's willing to take it, but he has to be willing to work to take it. He's got to stay focused. He's got to stay in it. Because there are these other running backs on the team trying to take his job. And running backs grow on trees in the NFL. So if he's not doing it and they think they need more than just Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, they're going to go find someone. And they're going to be able to play snaps. Because those guys are out there in the NFL. And they're going to be out there at final cuts. So he's got to get he's got to get his ass in gear. Because he can be a, a useful player for the Packers. But in order for him to do it this year... I mean, he's got a long way to go before he is proven to the coaches that he is reliable, and there is nothing more important uh, for a running back in the modern NFL than to just be reliable. Be in the right places, make the right blocks, go to the, read the right holes, and and know where to be at all times. And and reliability in in pass protection, obviously, being part of being reliable, you have to be reliable as a pass protector. He's learning the pass protection stuff. We know he can run the ball. Now it's, can you be in the right place? Can you know your assignments? Can you get to the right spots? And then can you make the plays that are there for you in the passing game especially? Stop dropping passes. Stop dropping swing routes. Stop dropping screens. Get your head in the game. Get focused. And go earn a spot. Go earn a spot because there are other guys doing it. Darius Shepard and Alan Lazard are out there trying trying to win spots. And Robert Tynan is out there trying to, he's trying to be tight end too. There's a lot of players on this offense making pushes for playing time. Be one of them.
0: David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings not the crust and when i eat a sandwich it's for what's inside the bread not for the bread but when i throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds thin sliced bread from dave's killer bread it is the epitome of addition Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shell All right, we'll be back tomorrow with a lot more Locked On Packers and uh, keep you up to date on everything going on with the Raiders. Uh, we might even have to do a, uh, a, an opponent Wednesday just for this because this is such a wild situation with Antonio Brown uh, and, and everything that's going into the helmet issues and is he going to be there, is he going to not be there. I mean, I, I don't, no one cares if he's going to play in the game, I don't think, anyway. But... There's a lot going on, and, and it's it would be fun to talk about it. So we'll see uh, Thursday night the Packers play in Canada. We are exporting our NFL to Canada, and I hope they appreciate it. Uh, they, they will appreciate it more if Antonio Brown is there, but he's probably not going to be there. Uh, remember, you can follow me on Twitter, at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Basically, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Uh, And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Send me a text. Leave me a voicemail. When you're watching the game, send me your impressions. I love to get those texts because it lets me know that you are staying Locked on Packers.